Hey, this is Paul Doherty. I'm the pastor of Victory Church, and I want to thank you for joining us today on the podcast. I hope this message inspires you. I hope it builds your faith. I hope it reminds you that God is not finished with you yet, and your best days are right in front of you. Enjoy the message. If you have a Bible, go to Acts 28, verse 13. Acts 28, verse 13. The winds are about to change in your favor, church. The winds are about to change in your favor. Paul wrote, or Luke wrote this concerning Paul's life in verse 13 of Acts 28. Whence going in a circuitous course, in other words, we were going in circles, we arrived at Rhenium. We were going in circles and we ended up at a place that was part of the circuit, was part of the circle. And after one day, the wind having changed to the south, on the second day, we came to Puteoli. Now, what we see in this verse right here, I, I began to read and study this this week, all the translations. What was supposed to take a long voyage to get to Rome, by the way, in verse 14, it says, then we reached Rome. Puteoli was part of Italy. It was part of the port there where basically Venice is today. Uh, and they, they got to Rome so much faster than it should have happened because the winds changed for their favor. And what God spoke to me this week is to declare over this house, the winds are about to change for your favor. The winds are about to change for your favor. Paul had been through storms. He had been through snake bites. He had been attacked left and right. He had been struggling and striving and toiling, but the days of toil are coming to an end. The winds are about to change in your favor. If you look at the end of Acts 28, it says after Paul reached Rome, in other words, when the south wind blew him to his destination, from that point on in his ministry, the next two years, he ministered without any hindrances, without any problems. There were no storms, no snake bites, no attacks. And what God began to speak to me is that some of you who have been struggling, who have been toiling, who have been persevering through all the storms, God has a due harvest that's coming your way. The winds have been coming against you, but I'm saying get ready this morning. The winds are about to push you into your destiny. If you believe it, shout amen. Come on, church. Now, here's the problem. Ten of us believe it. <laughs> Ten of us are like, Phew. right? Ten of us are excited, but the rest of us are kind of like, uh, yeah, I don't really buy that. Favor coming my way. The winds are going to blow in my direction. I just don't know about that. The problem is, is we'll watch Channel 6 News tonight, and we will believe the weatherman who gets on there and says, here's what's going to happen the next six days of your life. And we go, oh, he's right. He's right about that. And then when a preacher gets up on stage and says, the winds are about to blow in your favor, uh, I just don't know about that. I mean, he just doesn't know what he's talking about. The weatherman on TV knows what he, can we not believe God the same way we believe the weatherman on 2, 6, 8, and 23? I mean, is not God more sustainable, more powerful, has, has, has a greater promise of, of sustainability than the weather guys on TV? We'll sit and watch TV and say, yeah, it's gonna rain this weekend. But when God speaks through a prophet, through a pastor, through a preacher, that rain is coming your way, we kind of go, oh, I just don't know about that. But I'm here to tell you this morning, get your hopes up because the winds are about to change in your favor. June 30th is the end of a fiscal year for many organizations. 
And what God spoke to me is, there's a second wind coming in July. The winds are about to change. However, the, the beginning of this year started, however it's been, the winds are about to change. See, Paul's ministry began to really take off as the south wind began to blow. But you need to know what Paul did before the south wind blew. You need to know how Paul prepared for the winds of change. I wonder what you're doing today to affect what God wants to do tomorrow in your life. Paul was making the most before the wind started to blow in his life. Paul was preparing for the favor that God was about to pour on him. Everybody say, prepare for the favor. How many believe God has favor lined up for you in your future? He does, he does, he does. God loves you. God loves Tulsa, Oklahoma. God loves Victory Church. God loves the 9 a.m. service. God loves you and he has favor for your life. I remember after my father passed, I was invited to go preach in Australia. And I thought, who would wanna hear me preach? I wasn't the pastor here yet. I was serving in college ministry. I was just making the most of, of the place that God had me. And someone saw me and said, I want you to come preach for me. And I, I'm gonna pay for you to come. And so I remember going there and I'm standing in the back of a line that's a two hour wait in Australia and um, God had used me to minister there. Now, remember, I, I felt unworthy. I felt unqualified. I was still a little fuzzy um, because it was just 12 to 16 months since my father had passed. And so I was still kind of grieving, walking through a lot of the feelings there. And so I had ministered there. and God used the ministry. It was, it was great, but I still didn't feel like I was worthy. I still didn't feel like I was qualified. I was coming back home and I was gonna you know, continue to serve my mom as she's been leading our church, leading our ministry, um, serving as the senior pastor. And so I was standing in the airport, I'm in this long line, it's a two hour wait in Melbourne, Australia. I'm standing in the back of the line, just kind of with my head down and I feel this tap on my shoulder. And it was this big man from Africa and he said, do I know you? I said, uh, I don't know. He said, I think I know you. I said, okay, I don't know. He said, are you Billy Joe Doherty's son? I said, yes, sir. I just kind of had my head down. He said, Billy Joe was a good man. I said, yes, he was. You know, I start to tear up because it was, it was still real fresh for me. I mean, anytime people mention his name, I'd still just get teary-eyed. And he said, why are you standing in the back of the line? I said, because that's, that's my place. That's my place. So many people are living with a non-favor mindset that my place is just the back of the line. God has no favor for me. God's not gonna bless my life. When the preacher says favor's coming your way, that's for the 10 people in the room that actually get to receive God's favor. That's not for me. I'm in the back. That's where I was. I was in the back of the line in my mind. He said, you don't belong back here. I said, yeah, I do. He said, no, you don't. You're the son of Billy Joe Doherty. I said, well, <laughs> I don't think that means much to the people at the front desk. He said, come with me. I'm walking behind him. He walks me to the very front. He pulls out this card and he says, this boy's with me. <laughs> we walk past that two hour line. He takes me past all the security, leads me in this back green room. He said, I'm moving you into first class. I'm gonna get, we, we took the fast pass, first class, royal family favor route. Come on, somebody. Everybody say fast pass, first class, royal family favor. The winds are about to change in your life. That's what I'm trying to tell you. 
So he walks me into this green room. He sits me down. He says, I want you to know why I'm doing this for you. Because your dad made an impact on my life. He said, have you heard the story of Ruth? I said, yeah, I have. He said, did you know that Ruth got to pick up harvest in fields she didn't even work in? He said, can I tell you something, Paul? You're about to step in harvest that your dad sowed seeds for. You didn't even have to sow it, but you're about to reap harvest because of what others have. I'm telling you today that you are about to step into harvest that others have planted for. The winds are about to change in your life. If you believe Channel 6, can you believe God this morning that favor is coming your way? Get ready, get ready, get ready. He sat me down, he said, Paul, you're gonna go in first class. That's a 14 hour flight from Melbourne to Dallas. He said, we're gonna put you in first class. And that man's coming to preach for us next month, the end of July. His name is Reggie Dabbs, and he's gonna bring a fire message. I'll never forget what Reggie did for me eight years ago. I'll never forget the year after my father passed. He picked me out of the crowd. I believe God's about to pull some of you out of the line and say, come to the front. You've been waiting, you've been toiling, you've been struggling, come to the front. I've got a fast pass for you. I've got a first class ticket for you. Come on, God wants to bring favor into your life. Here's the thing, a lot of us, we've been through so much pain, we become so good at pain management crisis management. We actually thrive when there's more crises in our life. This is a psychological syndrome that people actually develop. They get good at walking through crisis and storms and pain that they, they feel it, they want it. They actually expect more pain in their future. They expect to go through more crisis. They expect more setbacks because that's how their life has always been. The problem with that is you stop expecting good in your future. But I wanna speak what Oral said 50 years ago in this city, something good is about to happen to you today. Something good is about to happen to you today. If you believe the weather, guys, can you believe God this morning? Something good. The pain, the toil, the storms are about to stop in your life. Paul had been through, St. Paul in the Bible had been through setback after setback after setback. He had been circling the islands of Greece. He had been bitten by snakes. Right when he was in Malta, he's bit by this poisonous snake that tries to stop his work, tries to stop his worship, tries to stop him from writing his future, bites the place in his life where he is the strongest because he was so tired, the snake bites him. But what does Paul do? He shakes it into the fire and he keeps moving forward. What you need to do this morning with the pain you've walked through, you need to shake it into the fire, shake it into the fire of God, bring it to the fire of God. You know, snakes have oil in them. What Paul was doing is he was adding fuel to the fire, fuel to the fire. The enemy has tried to stop you, but what the enemy meant for harm, God's about to turn it around for good. Your pain has a purpose. No pain will be wasted in your life. Whatever you've walked through, all of your setbacks, Paul turned his setbacks into setups for a comeback. God's about to turn all the, the wind that's been blowing against you. He says, turn your sails. You're about to go with the wind. You're about to move forward with accelerated speed. What was supposed to take a long voyage to get to Rome, he got there in record time because the wind was blowing in his favor. What you've been waiting to get to, God's about to blow wind in your favor. Somebody say, the winds are changing. The winds are changing. Now look at this in, in Acts 28, verse 10. I've just been going over this chapter all week long. 
Acts 28 verse 10, the message version. If you have that, the message version. I like what he says here. He talks about how the island honored us in so many ways. If you have it, just throw it up on the screen. Whatever version you have, throw it up there so I can show it to, to the people. It says that the island honored us in many ways. When we were ready to sail out of Malta, they furnished us with all the supplies we needed. In the message version, it says they treated us with royal care. Fast pass, first class, royal family favor. You see, you are royalty. Turn to the person next to you, you're royalty. Now you might be carrying the same mindset I was carrying in the back of the line in the airport in Melbourne. You might be thinking, no, I'm not royalty. I'm just a, I'm just a defeated person. There was a guy in the Bible named Mephibosheth. He was the grandson of King Saul. When Saul died and his father Jonathan died, David came looking for Mephibosheth in 2 Samuel 9. He said, is there anyone left in Saul's family that I can bless? They said, there's a young boy named Mephibosheth. He lives in Lodabar. Now, Mephibosheth carried this mindset of, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm, 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 I'm the grandson of a king who basically died on his own sword. I, I came from a family that was dysfunctional, messed up, throwing spears at people like David. And so Mephibosheth lived with this defeated mindset. He was afraid, living in the valley of Lodabar. But all of a sudden he gets a knock on the door and they say, the king wants to see you. The king wants to see you. The king wants to see you. You could just imagine Mephibosheth just feeling discouraged because kings back in those days, they would kill any family member that was left from the previous king's family. So maybe he's feeling like, oh, David's gonna kill me. I can just imagine him hiding, not to mention Mephibosheth was lame in both feet. So here he is, he's wobbling, falling. The reason why he was lame in both feet is because when his father Jonathan was fleeing out of the palace, when the enemies came to siege Saul and Jonathan, the nurse that was carrying Mephibosheth dropped him when he was just a baby boy. And when he was such a toddler, such a baby, he fell down the steps and it cracked his knees. So he grew up lame in both feet because he was dropped by the people that were supposed to carry him. You might've been dropped by people, but you are not forgotten by your God. You might've been dropped in life, but God has not forgotten about you. He loves you. He's calling your name. The King wants to see you today. The King wants to see you. So they carry Mephibosheth. They don't tell him why they're carrying him. They pick up Mephibosheth. They carry him to the palace. It says Mephibosheth fell down. Oh, King David, I'm sorry. To what do I owe this, this meeting with the king? And I, I, I think Mephibosheth is pulling his head down because he thinks they're about to bring the sword down. But David says, rise up, son. Rise up. Everybody say, rise up. Rise up because the winds are about to change in your favor. Rise up. I know you've been through storms. I know you've been dropped by people. I know you've walked through pain. I know your business hasn't been going that well, but rise up because I've got something for you. I'm about to move you to the front of the line. I'm about to bring you into the palace. I'm about to change what's been happening in your life. So he lifts Mephibosheth up. He says, from this day forward, you will live in my palace. You will eat from the king's table. You will never toil again. All of your days of struggle are coming to an end. 
from this day forward, we're gonna take care of you. We're gonna bless you. I believe that there's people in this room today, it's time to change your thinking. It's time to get out of the mindset of paranoia about pain coming your way and to start stepping into the mindset that good things are coming your way. Favor is coming your way. God's about to change things in your life. Is there anyone who believes that this morning? You've got to be a believer. So Paul leaves Malta in Acts 28 verse 10 with more than what he came into Malta with. He floated into Malta on a piece of a broken off ship, piece of wood. But when he left Malta, he left Malta with an Alexandrian ship with more than enough food, more than enough supplies. Whatever has tried to stop you, whatever has tried to end your ministry, the place that was supposed to break Paul apart, the place that was supposed to stop Paul's ministry ended up becoming the place that would support his future chapters. That ended up becoming the place that would send him out with more than enough. And I believe it was here, it was here that Paul was reminding himself of Romans 8 verse 28. And I know that my God works all things together for good, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. God works all things together for good. In all things, in the storms, in the snake bites, in the problems, God's going to turn what the devil meant for harm into your good. He's about to use it as fuel and wind towards your destiny. You're about to get places faster. You're about to get places faster. It's the change. Next week, we step into July, the second half of the year. Your second wind is coming. But what Paul said in Galatians 6 verse 9, I think is the reminder. When you're waiting on your winds to change, Paul says, do not grow weary. Don't grow weary in Malta. Don't grow weary in the setbacks that you're facing. How many are walking through some setbacks right now? Okay, about half the people in the room. Don't grow weary in Malta. Don't grow weary in the setbacks of life. For if we do not give up, I believe God is, is preparing you with endurance. He's stretching your capacity. If we don't give up, we shall reap a harvest, he says, in due time. Now, if God says there's a harvest on the other side of your toil, do you believe there's a harvest on the other side of your toil? How many of you guys have experienced the harvest of God in your life, in any moment of your life? So you know it's possible. You know God can take you into seasons where there's no storms. God can, for two years, it said Paul had no setbacks, no problems, no hindrances. He was able to minister freely. He had more than enough. He had friends supplying what he needed. God's about to bring you into a season of so much favor. I was reading the Farmer's Almanac this morning. Anybody read the Farmer's Almanac? Three of us in here? <laughs> it's all right. It's all good. But I was reading it this morning. I thought it was so interesting because I saw it was raining outside, lightning, thunder. I thought, you know, it's not every... June that we experienced thunderstorms like we've been experiencing this month of June. But um, what the Farmer's Almanac said, I thought it was so interesting, it said, expect above average rainfall this year. Expect above normal rainfall this summer. God's about to bring more rain into your life. God's about to bring more favor. See, rain in the Bible represented the grace and the favor of God coming on a place. 
In 2 Kings chapter 3, the kings came to Elisha. They said, we're dying of thirst. We don't know how we're going to make it. Elisha said, dig ditches for tomorrow there is rain that's coming your way. You're going to need holes to fill the rain so that you can, you can uh, 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 give more than enough to all of your troops. Dig ditches because an abundance of rain is coming your way. I'm telling you today, it's time to prepare for the winds to change in your future. You need to start digging the ditches because the rain is about to fall. What, what the farmers said, and farmers study, they know, they see what's going on. They say there's rain that's coming. This has been an unusual year in, in the state of Oklahoma. This has been an unusual year. They said in northern Oklahoma, there's going to be more rain this year than we've experienced in a long time. They said, in fact, in August, I don't know if y'all are ready to hear this. I only want to share it if you're ready, if you're ready. They said in August, be prepared, northern Oklahoma, because in late August, expect rain of a hurricane force that's coming towards northern Oklahoma. When I heard that, I got chills. When I saw that this morning at 6 a.m., because I'm on African time, I, I don't even know what time, I'm preaching right now, kind of in, in a whole nother time zone. But when I saw that, I go, oh my goodness, that's right after Victory Conference. God's about to bring an abundance of rain in this city. God's about to bring an abundance of rain into those who are ready to receive it. For anyone who's ready to believe it and receive it. See, Paul was a believer. Paul was a believer, not just a believer in God's salvation for his life. He was a believer in God's favor for his life. He believed in, in Philippians 1 verse 12. He says, I want you to know that all the bad things that happened in my life have turned out for good. I want you to know that God's working all things together for good. I want you to know that favor has been on my life, even in the storms of life. I want you to know that favor is coming your way. In Ephesians 3.20, he says, I want you to know that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above, more than you can ask, hope, dream, or imagine. The question is, do you believe that he can? Do you believe that it's possible? He was a believer, he was a receiver. You've gotta be a receiver. If you're taking notes, just put these three, down, three things down. Believer, receiver, releaser. He was a receiver, he was a receiver. In other words, he believed that God wanted him to receive good things in his life. He said in Philippians chapter four, not many of you have shared in the gift of giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. So many people look at giving, tithes and offering as if it's just a one-way thing. It's just, there goes my money. Never gonna see a return on that investment. So many people view giving as if God doesn't want to bring anything back into your life, as if we're not supposed to expect anything back from God. Don't know, just, just keep your mind down low because don't, don't expect anything from God because you know just give, but don't expect God to do anything. When you give, God wants you to receive a harvest in return. Galatians 6 verse 6 says, God will not be mocked. He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whatever a man soweth, that shall he also reapeth. God is the one who created seed time and harvest. In other words, God wants you to not just be a giver. He wants you to be a receiver. He wants you to get your receiver antennas up saying, I'm ready to receive the favor of God. I'm ready to receive the overflow of God's presence. I'm ready to receive my miracles. I'm ready to receive my fast pass, first class, royal family favor. So many of us, we've got our antennas down because we think God doesn't like us, that God just wants us to receive punishments, persecutions, difficulties, poverty. You need to get your antennas up, man. He wants you to receive favor. 
He wants you to, God is a good God. Jesus said in the book of Matthew and Mark, he said, um, how many of you fathers know how to give good gifts to your kids? If your son or, or daughter asks for bread, you don't give them a snake. How much more does your father in heaven want to give you the Holy Spirit and so much more? Jesus declared, my father is a good, good father. Stop making him look like he's a stingy, mean dad that doesn't want to bless his kids. He wants to bless you. He wants to give you favor. He wants to bring you to the front of the line. He says, get that Mephibosheth mindset, low to bar, feeling out of your spirit because I'm about to bring you into the palace. I'm about to set you at the table. You're, you're about to end your days of difficulty. The south winds began to blow. So while Paul was in Malta, he was waiting for the south winds to blow and he was making the most in Malta. He was a releaser. He was giving everything he had. He was living with a generous hand. He had open hands. We did a series last year called Open Hands. As long as you continue to release what God gives you, he'll continue to bring more into your life. When you live like this with closed hands, you limit what God can do in you and through you. So many people, when it's time for giving, uh-uh, my money, my money, my money. And the problem is your money doesn't go very far when it's all your money. But when you start being a releaser of your gifts, your talents, your finances, your resources, oh, if God knows he can get it through you, God will get it to you. Things are about to change in this second half of the year. This new fiscal year, God's about to bring a south wind into your company, into your business, into your marriage, into your family, into your children that have been going against the wind. The wind's about to push them back into church. The wind is about to push you back into your destiny. The wind is about to push you back into your purpose. The enemy's been trying to come against you, but the wind is about to push you forward. So Paul was in Malta, he was releasing seed. After he shook the snake off, he goes to Publius's house. He lays hands on a man who was sick, Publius's father. The same hand that had been bitten by a snake, God used that hand to bring healing to this father. So God used the place where he had been bitten. Would you stand up, Donald Ellsworth? Man, I'm so thankful for the Ellsworths. They're just faithful, mighty people. How many are thankful for the faithful people in this church? Would you face the camera? So Paul stretched his hand out the same hand that had been bitten with venom. God's gonna use the place where you've been hurt to bring healing to those that are hurting. So many of us are afraid to stretch out our hands and release what we have. We wanna hide it. I don't want anyone to know what I've walked through. I don't want anyone to see that bite. I don't want anyone to know what our marriage was, was facing. I don't, wanna, I don't want people to know the venom that, that tried to mess with my family. But, but God said, stretch it out, release, release it, release it. And as he released it, he brought healing to the father of Publius. And when he released his hand to bring healing, the whole island showed up in verse nine of Acts 28. And it said, everyone who was sick on the island got healed. Paul left Malta with more than enough because he released all that he had while he was on the island. He reaped the harvest of the seeds that he was sowing in Malta. Don't miss your miracle in Malta. Don't, that's what I'm trying to say. Thank you, Don. Don't miss you. There's more in Malta than you realize. Turn to the person next to you and say, there's more in Malta. There's more in Malta. 
Don't miss your miracle in Malta. You're in a setback. You're in a season where things aren't going your way. What Paul did to prepare for the winds to change is he just started releasing all that he had while he was in Malta. The enemy was trying to stop his ministry, but he turned Malta into a ministry. He said, I'm gonna turn this island that was supposed to stop me into the place that's going to send me. This island that was supposed to end my ministry is about to send my ministry forward. Don't miss your miracle in Malta. When I was in Kenya this last week, they said the northern part of Kenya is the most impoverished part of Kenya. It is extremely poor. In northern Kenya, people are dying of thirst, dying of hunger. There's no resources there. The economy is, is terrible. There's not even an economy, they said, in northern Kenya. If you're going to make it, if you're going to survive, you've got to get to Nairobi. You've got to get to the big cities in, in Kenya to survive because in northern Kenya, people are dying. Well, one man in northern Kenya had a shovel. You see where I'm going with this? And he said, what if the grass isn't greener in Nairobi? What if the grass isn't greener on the other side? What if in Northern Kenya, there's more than meets the eye? What if there's more in Malta? I wonder what's hidden beneath the soil of Northern Kenya. No one was digging because no one thought anything was there. They were dying because they didn't have any clean water. So this man starts digging. This happened in the last 12 months. This is a fresh story. They start digging. This man starts digging. 25 feet below the, the poorest place with no clean water, 25 feet below Northern Kenya, he starts digging. He discovers the largest reservoir of clean water in all of Kenya. It was right beneath their feet. They were dying of thirst and the largest underground lake of clean water was right beneath their feet. What I'm trying to tell you this morning is you might feel like you're not seeing a miracle. But what if the miracle isn't in another marriage? What if it's not in another family? What if it's not in a new career? What if it's not in another ministry? What if it's right beneath the feet of those that are sitting in this room? What if it's right, be what if it is right beneath the soil of your own marriage, your own ministry, your own family, your own church, the place that you've been saying is poor, the place you've been saying that's broke, the place you've been saying has nothing for you. I believe it's right beneath your feet. You don't miss your miracle in Malta. Paul was preparing for the winds to change. He was making the most in Malta. He was digging. He was doing all that he could. So these people, they're digging in Kenya. They start, they join this man. They start extracting the clean water. And get this, they keep digging. And right next to the reservoir of clean water, the first discovery in, in the nation of Kenya, the first discovery, they discovered oil in Northern Kenya. Not just a little bit of oil, we're talking tons and tons. There are multi, 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 probably billionaires that are going to Northern Kenya to extract this oil. It's enough to prosper the whole country. I was talking with a businessman in Kenya. He said, everyone's trying to get to the oil now in Northern Kenya. The place where no one wanted to go has now become the place where everyone wants to get to. The place that had the driest economy is now about to change. The winds are about to change in your life. What's looked dried up, and you know what? Tulsa is the oil capital of the world. 
I believe there's more wells in this city than we realize. I believe there's more beneath the soil of this city than we realize. You say, no, no, the wells are dried up. God has more wells. God has more than enough resources. My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But you gotta start digging. You've gotta start digging. You've gotta get your hopes up that there's more than meets the eye in the current place you're in. How do we dig? Number one, we dig into God's word. Paul was digging into God's word even when he was walking through seasons of setbacks. He was digging into God's word. Oh God, you are the richest. God, the riches of Christ Jesus, the mysteries of the knowledge of God, Christ in me. He was discovering Colossians, Ephesians, Philippians. He was discovering the things that God had put inside of him. Dig deep into God's word. Dig deep into the revelations of God's word. You know, when I was in Africa and Uganda, just. We flew back to just last night in Uganda. They're now in their 647th night of straight revival in Kampala, Uganda. 647 straight, if we have pictures, I want you to see them. 647 straight nights. They started this revival September 16th of 2016. Don't miss this, don't miss this. They started this September 16th, 2016. The pastor said, this is gonna last seven days, Ron, seven days. At the end of the seven days, it was so powerful, so many miracles, so many signs and wonders, they said, let's go another seven days. The pastor tried to stop it at 77 days. And he got threats from the city because the economy had changed as a result from the revival. That, 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 that places, the poorest areas in Kampala were now starting to prosper because they were having revival there. Businesses were taking off. Entrepreneurship has been taking off. People are becoming multi, multi-millionaires, giving back to the city. They're rescuing orphans off the street. It has changed the entire atmosphere of Kampala because of this revival. They said, you can't stop this. He said, I got death threats when I tried to stop the revival. So he said, and I had to pray and ask God because I didn't want to be under the fear of man. But God said, keep it going, keep it going. So now they've been going for 647 nights of straight revival. I said, that's incredible. He said, do you think America can handle it? I said, man, I want to believe that we can. He said, what's the atmosphere like in the United States when it comes to God and church? How long can they handle being in the presence of God together? Because he said, we had to get past the hour service. He said, what's it like in Oklahoma? Can they go an hour? Can they go an hour and a half? Can they go two hours? I said, man, I don't know. I said, I get, you know, People, people got stuff to do. He said, that's the problem in America is people are so busy. They don't want to dig for revival. They don't want to dig and contend for what God wants to do. He said, we had to get past the mindset of the service has to end at this time. We had to, we had to contend past that. I'm not trying to be legalistic this morning, but what I'm trying to say is this. If we want more of God, we've got to take the limits off what God can do. We've got to take the limit. We've got to say, okay, he said, when we started to linger longer in God's presence is when the revival started to happen. He said, so we would start our services at seven. By the way, their services are 12 hours long and nobody wants to leave. It's crazy. We started, I showed up there at like 7.30, 8 p.m. I didn't get up to preach until midnight. So they worship, they flow, they minister. 
then they dig into God's word. We dig into, pr- into praise and worship. How do we dig? How do we, how do we prepare for what God wants to do? We dig into God's word. We dig through our prayer time. We dig through our worship time. As we're worshiping, as we're praising, we're discovering new wells. We're discovering God has more. God wants to bring more favor into our lives. God wants to change the winds in our life. But you gotta be willing to linger. He said, how long will they sit at a football game? I said, you know, a football game, NFL is probably three and a half, four hours. How long will they sit in the presence of God at church? <sighs> he said, it's got to change if you want to see revival. If you want to see, there's got to be. So I started just praying because I want to see revival in our city. I want to see revival in our church. And you know what I feel? What I heard God say is to prepare this year, sometime in the fall or in January, that we're gonna do five nights of fire here. We're gonna go like a Wednesday through a Sunday night, just five nights of revival. And it's not gonna be like Word Explosion or Victory Conference. It's not gonna be about guest speakers. It's gonna be all about the presence of God, the power of God. We're gonna come and just worship. How many guys would enjoy coming to five nights of fire? Five nights of revival. We're gonna go Wednesday through a Sunday night and we're just gonna contend for what God wants to do. We've got to dig. The winds are about to change, but you've got to prepare for the winds. You've got to prepare. Paul was ready. He was making the most in Malta. One of the things that really surprised me, one of the ways we dig is we dig through our seed. When we give to God, something happens. We release what's in our hand. I want, I want you to see this. I'm almost done. I want you to see this video that I took because every night at the revival, they were receiving offerings so that the city can continue to prosper, so that more businesses would start, more people would be employed, more homeless people would get off the streets, more orphans would get rescued. And so I want you to see the joy behind these people as they started to give what they had to the Lord. Just if we have that video, Cody, can you play it? I want you to just see this. They just start, I mean, thousands of people and they're just smiling and they're just bringing their seed down to the stage. And, and they know that on the other side of what they're releasing, God is about to overflow into their life. Just watch that. all those crutches and wheelchairs on the sides of the stage, people getting healed. The whole city, the atmosphere was changing. Come on, you know what they're doing? They're digging into the miracles in Malta. They're preparing for what God has to do. You can stop it. Can we give God praise today for what that, that's happening? It's incredible. Church, God wants to stretch our capacity. Would you stand your feet all over this room? The winds are changing. The winds are changing. The winds are changing. Are you ready? Are you ready for what God wants to do? Are you ready for your miracle? I believe God has favor for you. I believe for some of you that have been toiling and struggling, God wants to stop it today. God wants to move you into your, your second wind. How many are ready for a second wind in your life? If you're here today and you are in a place where you have been kind of toiling, you've been 
pushing through, you've been struggling, but you just have walked through a lot, I want you to just leave your seat. I want to pray for the wind to change in your life today. I want you to take a step of faith down to this altar. Just leave your row, and I want you to move towards a second wind that's about to blow in your life. Again, if we release our faith in weathermen on TV, what if we started releasing our faith in the God of our word, the God that we worship, who says the wind is about to blow in your life, but you've got to get ready to believe it, to receive it, to release it, and to release whatever you have today into God's hands. God spoke to me specifically that as a church, we're about to release more as a ministry, that there's new dreams, there's new visions, that there's more ministry. Personally, that God wants me to release more seed into this house. While I was in Africa, God said, you need to get back home. There's more in Malta. There's miracles right beneath the ground of Tulsa, Oklahoma that are waiting to happen. There's new wells that are wanting to spring forth. There's oil that's ready to come forth, that's ready to burst forth in Tulsa. There's clean water. There's more that God wants to do in and through your life. If you're here today and you're not saved and you wanna get saved, I want you to leave your chair and come and join us at this altar. If you wanna give your life to Jesus, come and join us today. This is your moment to just get right with God, to say, I'm repenting, I'm coming down. I want Jesus to be my Lord and my Savior. Get ready, get ready, get ready, church. He's about to move you to the front of the line. He's about to bring favor into your life. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord are searching to and fro looking for those whom he can move in their lives. He wants your life to be a sign and a wonder. My wife preached on this last night. She stirred me up. He wants your life. Ashley, do you wanna come up and pray? Would you come up and just pray? Um, God wants to do something in your finances, in your business, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your ministry, to be a sign and a wonder so that the world may find Jesus as a testimony through what God's doing in your life. The days of living defeated are coming to an end. The days of living under are coming to an end. God's about to bring you out. He's, a God, he's about to bring you into the promised land. The days of wandering in the wilderness are coming to an end in Jesus' name. Ashley, go ahead and pray. Lord, I pray for every heart present in your presence. I pray for a spirit of expectancy to rise up in our hearts, Father God, to not be okay with our pain, to not be okay and tolerate what the devil has tried to keep us under. But I thank you that today that we are rising above, that we are rising above every circumstance, every word that's been spoken against us, every word that we've allowed, Lord Jesus, to linger of defeat in our mind, Father God. But I pray that we grab this word with boldness, with boldness, Father God, not because we think we deserve it, but because of what you've done, Father God. I pray for boldness to receive your word right now in Jesus' mighty name. I thank you, Father God, for a fresh spirit uh, rising up in our hearts, Father God. God, fresh hope. God, fresh expectancy, fresh faith, fresh generosity that's flowing through this church. In Jesus' mighty name, Father God, I thank you, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, for hope to rise up in every heart, Lord God. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you, Father God, that we will, that our lives 
will be a sign and a wonder for your glory. That our marriages will be a sign and a wonder for your glory. That our bank accounts, that our finances will be a sign and a wonder for your glory, Father God. I thank you, Father God, Lord Jesus, that our faith, that our hearts are open and ready to receive what you're outpouring. I thank you, Lord God, every heart that's here to believe. I thank you for supernatural increase flowing into our lives, Father God. God, I thank you that our kids will be a sign and a wonder for your glory, Father God. God, that people will see the, the thumbprint of heaven on our life, Father God. God, that we are marked by heaven, that we are marked by heaven's economy. In Jesus' mighty name, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I, I really feel this in my heart. If you're here today and you sense the Holy Spirit is telling you to sow a seed, I want you to do it. Just be obedient to God. If it's not you, but if it is you, I just feel to release that today. If, that's, if there's someone here today that you feel to do that towards whatever it is that you're believing for, just release it. You say, well, I mean, is that, is that normal seed and harvest? Is that in the Bible? It's all throughout the Bible. God wants you to step into harvest that you've been sowing towards. I believe some of you have sown so much seed, you've got big harvest that's about to come your way. It's gonna come in a lot of different ways. It's gonna come with joy, with peace, with new friendships coming into your life. God's about to heal some relationships that have been torn, that have been broken. For some of you that have been believing to get pregnant, He's about to give you children. He's about to open your womb. For some of you that have been believing for, for your kids to get married, believing for your kids to prosper, God's about to bring your kids into their career, into their profession, giving them jobs, giving them more than enough that they need. And I wanna encourage you today, don't put a limit on what God can do. We're gonna take the limits off as a church. We're gonna start believing for a greater place of miracles happening right here. Next weekend, I've got a word in store for you. I don't want you to miss it, it's gonna be powerful. But I believe that today, God's doing something. This week, God wants to change the winds in your life. Ashley, anything before we close out? Um, as you were talking uh, there about digging and receiving, you know, I think it's amazing that you give us an opportunity to give again. Because I think that when we give, we increase our capacity to receive. And I wish I had a shovel because I, I saw in my mind that every time we give, simultaneously we're digging, we're digging a ditch. I give, I dig. Yes. I give, I dig. Simultaneously. And the more I give, the deeper my hole and the more capacity I have to receive. And I believe that it's a breakthrough for our church that we do not give based on what we see not even just financially but even of ourselves we don't give based on what we see we give based on what he is speaking into our life because if we respond to what he is speaking we are increasing our capacity to receive God there's not a problem with God God is not out of finances. He's not out of generosity. He's not out of plans. He's not out of purposes. He just needs us to keep digging. As we give, we're digging simultaneously. And that's what I see in my heart. That as we give this morning, as we give of our hearts, it's digging. It's digging a ditch. And the deeper the hole, the more that we can give, the more that we're making room in our life for God to fill with what He can fill. I don't wanna just settle for 
earth's economy when I can tap in to the economy of heaven who never runs out and Amen. never runs dry. Come on. I believe some of you in this room that received this message, God's about to launch you into greater favor. God's about to take you to new heights, new levels. You're gonna be a sign and a wonder. Don't forget where it came from. Don't forget where it came. God's gonna bless you. He's gonna prosper. As long as he knows he can get it through you, he'll continue to get it to you. I believe God's gonna give you creative ideas, creative innovations, strategies. And I believe this second half of the year, God's about to release just a, an anointing of ease where you've been toiling and struggling. What I sense is the south wind is gonna blow you and what's been taken forever, you've been striving. God's gonna just let you just sail with the wind. And you're gonna, you're gonna step into some greater opportunities. You're gonna be like Ruth. You're gonna be receiving harvest in fields you didn't even have to work for. Like what happened in my life, my dad had been sowing seeds that now I'm walking into the harvest of what my mom and dad have, have, have have worked so hard for God's gonna do that in your life do you believe that today all right let's say this together say Jesus I'm all yours thank you Jesus that you love me that you're for me you're not against me that good things are in my future my best days are still in front of me I repent of sin and I receive your forgiveness I confess you today as my Lord and Savior. And I believe that you will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that I could ask, hope, dream, or imagine. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.